Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. It is a Saturday waiting on the snow here in the metro area. There is light snow just to the west of the Twin Cities area. We had some overnight. Uh, I did a little shoveling. I'm not going to say I missed it, but it, it was good to get some exercise, clean up the sidewalk, clean up the driveway a little bit, and uh, looks like colder temps are moving in uh, later in the coming week. Let's go outdoors. Steve Carney joins us, stevecarneyoutdoors.com. He's been joining us for years on the weekend. Steve, how you been? I've been great. You know, Steve, I did a little uh, math the other day, and I think I've been doing this for like 32 years with WCCO. So I go, you know, I go way back. Yeah, you, you've you been around for a long, long time. <laughs> I, I think you and I have only been talking for 20-plus years on the weekend, but, uh, you know, you were doing other stuff here on the radio. But, yeah, I mean, uh, it, it, it's been a really good run, and we hope to continue. Um Right now, it's been a challenge. I mean, we, we know ice conditions uh, ha, have have been a problem, but it looks like that's going to improve dramatically with colder weather moving in. You know, Steve, I just checked, uh, kind of looked ahead a little bit this morning, and there's some scary temperatures coming here in the north and the northwest. Um, starting on Friday of this week, we're going to have single-digit highs, a lot of below zero, but we're going to finally make some good ice. and. Um, we really came a long way in this last week. We've added quite a bit of ice uh, in the North Country, but you know we got some snow today. Really, the first snow we've had two, three inches, and now that's going to cover up everything. And it's going to be a, a bit of a dilemma because there's still been open water on a lot of the bigger lakes. Uh, with up, you know, within the last two or three days, there's still open water. So um, again, we've talked about being very cautious and. You know, once we get this cold snap, there may only be two or three inches of ice on these open water areas, you know, versus seven or eight or ten in other areas. So um, this is not the season to be just running wild and, and taking off in a lake that you don't know. So it's um, it's going to get better. Things have certainly improved, and we're in a lot better shape now than we were two weeks ago. Uh, the bite's been really good, and I think this snow cover is really going to help. You know, we've been dealing with clear ice and, you know, sunshine and light has been going down into these shallow areas and the fish just have not been active during the day with all that light penetration. But now we got snow cover and I think that's really going to help and keep those fish, you know, weed oriented and fairly shallow. So um, we didn't get a huge, you know, dump of snow, but just enough. I think it's going to make a big difference. Yeah, and Steve, you talked about it for years when it comes to uh, trying out uh, a new body of water, wherever that is, e- e- even if it's uh, in the open water season. 
talk to the local bait shops, talk to the local resorts, etc. This is their business, and and they want to help you out. You know, go in there and spend some money. That that's all good, and they're they're going to be happy to share info with you. Yeah, it's really important that you talk to the resorts and talk to the bait shops and get you know a little bit of intel before you go out. Um, plus the snow we got, you know, maybe three inches, I suppose, tops. Now we're going to be able to see trails that people have been on with four-wheelers and walking, and that'll make it a little bit safer. You'll be able to see where you can go and where you can't go. Um, I've been walking out all week, Steve. I I am just not feeling good about taking my four-wheeler or a snowmobile out quite yet. Um, I think after this, you know, cold snap hits here, at the end of the week, it'll be okay, but I'm still walking out. I'm just really paranoid about the ice. Um, and you do have to keep in mind with this, you know, severe cold weather coming, this ice is going to change. It's not going to be what it is today. There's going to be, you know, pressure ridges starting. Um, a lot of the ice has been pushing up on shorelines from the pressure. And when we get that severe drop, that ice can do really weird things. And with the snow cover, you know, you really can't see, you know, very well ahead of you, you know, the cracks and the heaves. And so this this cold snap's going to really do something. It, it, it just does. I mean, when it's that severe, um, you know, we're looking at 10 below, 15 below in northern Minnesota, northwestern Minnesota, and that ice will contract. It will change. So you just, you got to use common sense and just, uh, you know, be smart. All right. 23 is in the rear view mirror. How would you sum up the fall hunting season overall? I know it was a challenge for deer hunters, but but some of the other seasons, what are your experiences? What what did you observe in the outdoors in the fall of 23? Um, Boy, Steve, that's a good question. I I would say on a 1 to 10, I'd give it a 7. Really, the the fall fishing was really the highlight for me. Uh, The fishing in November was fabulous. Um, my bow hunting situation, I thought it was okay. Um, you know, the deer were so nocturnal from almost day one. A lot of acorns out there, a um, lot of food. It was very mild and very warm. That made it, you know, much more difficult. Um, waterfowling was good. Um, I had to work at it, you know, to, you know, get my birds. I had to work a little harder than normal, but that's okay. Um, pheasant hunting was good. Um, so, yeah, overall, I think... You know, it was fine. Um, I did. I, I, I'm a little bit uh, disturbed about the cro- the crossbow situation. Um, it looks like the crossbow harvest was almost what the vertical bow harvest was, which um, not a big fan of that. I think you know the crossbow is important, you know, for the elderly and you know for um, you know disabled people. But having the general populace using um, crossbows, I think, is really a mistake. And and in Wisconsin, believe it or not, this year, Steve, this is the first time um, the harvest with crossbows has exceeded uh, vertical bows. So it's a little scary, but um, it is what it is. That's the law, and, you know, we have to go along with it. But um, I think that was a real game changer uh, for the fall hunting season. Another one you brought up, and I think we're going to hear more about it in 2024, and this is just a prediction, um, the wolf population and what it's doing in areas of the state. I mean, people can deny it and so on and so forth, but I, I think in reality uh, the, the, the DNR, all the states, the federal government have got to step up, take a look at this. 
Oh, there's no doubt, Steve. You know, there's a real groundswell going on right now with uh, the hunting populace trying to address this issue. And I think if this, you know, pressure continues, um, the feds are going to have to, you know, listen up to what we have to say. And I'm starting to, you know, see you know, wolves coming into the northwest part of Minnesota now. Instead of up north, they're starting to migrate southwest and south. And this is just going to continue unless they're controlled. Um, you know, you don't want to do anything to, you know, devastate them. They're a beautiful animal, but they need to be controlled just like any other predator. But there's a lot of things going on, you know, in 2023, Steve. You've got the forward-facing sonar issue, which is a whole other can of worms. You've got the wolf issue. You've got the crossbows. Um, there's just a lot of things going on. So, you know, people are much more aware now. The outdoorsman out there is, is you know, well-versed on what's going on, and people are, you know, stepping up. And, you know, I think it'll continue you know, to get better as long as, you know, we continue to voice our concerns and everybody works together. Yeah, no no doubt. Uh, staying involved, uh, joining groups that uh, have the wherewithal to get before the legislature because a lot of folks can't afford to take time off from work and travel to St. Paul, and that, that's why people join groups and advocacy groups to uh, work on causes that they care about. Hey, Steve, good to visit with you. We'll do it again in one week. Sounds great, Steve. You have a great one. Take care. All right. Stay warm. There he is, Steve Carney, stevecarneyoutdoors.com. And it's going to get cold the way it looks end of the week. And we're going to finally get ice. But once again, we can't stress enough. Uh, check with the locals, bait shops, resorts, etc. about ice conditions before you venture, venture out. By the way, our outdoors coverage continues on Sunday. From 5 to 6 with Rob Driesline from the Outdoor News. He's got a great show every Sunday between 5 and 6 here on News Talk. E3LWCCO. Quick break. We'll come back. We'll go to the rink live. The Agsell Energy Center home opener. Minnesota's professional women's hockey league team taking on Montreal. Two periods in the books. We'll get his scene setter and more from Jess Myers in a moment here on News Talk. E3LWCCO. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. It is a quiet Saturday. It looks like we could be getting some snow here in the Metro overnight. Maybe a half an inch shouldn't be a big deal. Much more snow up north. One of my favorite things to do during the winter months is talk to Jess Myers from a rink somewhere, and he works for the rink live. Jess, I believe you're in St. Paul Excel Energy Center, and uh, a big event. History in the making, uh, as we speak. Uh, see, uh, between the 
Second and third periods for the first ever home game for the Minnesota team in the new Professional Women's Hockey League. Uh, now, you know, it's early. It's real early, but we, we, we may have a goalie controversy brewing here in Minnesota already. Nicole Hensley played the first game. She was lights out. They won in Boston for their first ever game. Now uh, we've got Maddie Rooney in goal, the former Olympian uh, who played at Minnesota Duluth, and she has been just uh, shutting down Montreal through two periods here. So uh, a two-headed goalie monster for the, this team in purple, uh, just known as Team Minnesota for now. Yeah, and uh, we should point out uh, for those Andover Husky fans, Maddie Rooney had a great career at Andover uh, as well. So uh, a great hockey powerhouse up in the North Metro. Uh, it's certainly a big hero in that neck of the woods. And, and you love that. Two games into a new franchise, and we got a goalie controversy. That, that, that's a good spot to be in. And uh, Team Minnesota's up one nothing after two periods. Uh, Grace Zumwinkle, former Gopher star, yeah, uh, and, and former Olympian herself has has the lone goal. Got the, got the fans here pretty excited. The the big story, the number we haven't seen yet that I think we're going to learn here in the next couple minutes. But the attendance number today is going to blow things out of the water. The the uh, other games, other home games that have been played elsewhere, something like eighty one hundred was the attendance record in this league. Uh, I'm here at Excel Energy Center. The lower bowl is completely full. The club level is completely full. They even had to open up the 200 level on one end. So I'm guessing they may be close to doubling that number uh, for the attendance here and proving once again the state of hockey is more than just a, kind of a fun slogan, I think. Yeah, and that's been a big story all week that, that they, they, they could see – 12,000 in the building for the opener today. So that is really cool to see and a great atmosphere and, and familiar names. And I think that's what makes this really interesting going forward is you, you brought up Maddie Rooney. You, you brought up Gray somewhere. There's, and, uh, of course, Natalie Darwitz is involved in, in this club as well. I mean, there, there is a familiarity. The, these, are, these are names that hockey fans know. Absolutely. And, you know, just kind of a cool celebration here, too, of not only women's hockey, but women's sports in general. Yeah. I mean, one of the people dropping the first puck before the game was Lindsay Whalen, who, you know, I don't know if she can even skate, but she's obviously a name that, that people know very well in sports circles here in Minnesota and the women's sports scene. You're seeing, you know, youth hockey jerseys everywhere, boys and girls. And the thing that impressed me, you know, not only Woodbury and Wyzetta and Warroad and towns like that that we all know, but I'm seeing uh, youth hockey jerseys from Colorado and from North Dakota and from Wisconsin and from Illinois because this is the only team in the central time zone in this new league among the six teams. So this is a really big deal for, uh, for women's sports and for women's hockey in general. Yeah, and we timed it out beautifully uh, between periods for you to join us. That, I'm glad, that is very yeah, cool. You know, I'm, I'm glad that we worked with the league to work that out. It, it, it happened really well. Well, we said, <laughs> hey, here, here's the window on CCO. we got to make it work. Uh, Jess Myers joins us from the rink live, always so generous with his time. Uh, a lot of our programs here on CCO. Hey, Jess, um, let, let's get into nicknames real quick. Uh, the league decided to come out of the gate with no nicknames. Uh, we have heard from a number of people that, that they want to get it right. They have six teams. Uh, they they, they want to do it right. And I'll say this. Here's my soapbox. I think that was a missed opportunity. Um, they announced this league back in the summer. They had you know six months or more to come up with designs, with nicknames, all of that. I just think you missed a chance, especially with this league starting in January, 
when you think of the Christmas season that was just a couple weeks ago and how many jerseys and, and other things they could have sold to young hockey players out there excited about this new league. So I really think they missed a chance. For right now, it's Team Minnesota. They wear purple, which I think is kind of fitting for our state. And it was fun talking to Taylor Heisey, who's from Red Wing. We played, played high school hockey in Red Wing. She was Miss Hockey. She was a gopher. Talking to her, I said, are you okay with wearing purple? She said, well, number one, I wore purple in high school with, with Red Wing. Number two, she's got a brother that plays basketball at Northern Iowa, and they wear purple. And, of course, she's a Vikings fan. So she said it fits in just perfectly in, 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 here in Minnesota. Jess Myers joins us from the XL Energy Center and the main tenant of the X. Wild, they're, they're struggling again. Uh, John Hines took over. They, they surge. Now they're, they're just devastated by injuries. It seemed to start with Evander Kane's vicious hit on Jonas Prodine up in Edmonton, something that I, I, I'm still angry about. I think it's a disgrace that, that the NHL doesn't severely punish Dangerous hits like Kane put on Brodeen that night. Nevertheless, a wild avarash of injuries, and, and they're, they're struggling. There was kind of a cool scene here in the second period. They showed a suite, and in that suite is Marcus Foligno and Philip Gustafson and Jonas Brodeen all sitting together with their families watching the game. I thought, hey, what a cool scene. And then I remembered, oh, wait a minute. The Wild have a game tonight. Those guys should all be playing but, of course, they're all injured right now, not to mention Kirill Kaprizov and Zuccarello and some others that are just yeah. not available to play right now. I mean, it's just a mess for this team. And, you know, you talk about the, the Evander Kane hit. I'm always kind of amused by this kind of fake controversy we've got going on with the Winnipeg Jets and their fans now after, for the second year in a row, the Wild go up to Winnipeg, and for the second year in a row, they take Kirill Kaprizov out of the game to the point where he's injured and is going to miss some time here, you know. And but but the story somehow has become uh, a manufactured fight or something like that. It's like how about the main story that uh, that they can't go to Manitoba without losing their all-star, you know, best forward uh, year in and year out. I, I think that's maybe a bigger story. Yeah, and it, it, everyone saw the hit, the replay over and over. It was just a vicious cross check to the ribs. That that's what yeah. it was. It, it was clearly intent to injure. Back to yeah. the cane hit on Brodeen. It was intent to injure. And I don't know why the NHL continues to have blinders to this. The, 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 these players are getting hurt. Good players, key players, superstar players like Kaprizov. And the NHL does nothing. Yeah, it's, it's disappointing to see. Yeah. Now, on the better news standpoint, number one, we've got a, a gold medal for Team USA. Yes. They go into, go into Sweden. They win a gold medal. Four Gophers on that team. They're on their way back to Minnesota right now. According to Bob Motzko, they're going to land about 10.30 tonight. And if all is well, they'll be in the lineup tomorrow when the Gophers play Colorado College. Although, you know, you wonder what kind of shape they're in after all of that travel and all of the hockey they've played. And then the other great news this week, World Junior Tournament, which has become one of the biggest hockey tournaments in the world, is going to be coming here in about 23 months. Yeah, how cool is that? Mariucci, 3M Arena at Mariucci, and XL Energy Center will be ground zero. This is a big deal. Um, there's a lot of great events. We've got the U.S. Gymnastics Trials next summer uh, coming to town. Uh, you've got Big Ten men's and women's hoops coming to town uh, in March. Uh, and then, of course, gymnastics this summer. But the World Juniors, uh, we exchanged a text or two over it. This is indeed a big deal. 
And, you know, credit to the folks at, like, Minnesota Sports and Events and Meet Minneapolis and the St. Paul yeah. Chamber and, you know, the people who put together the bids on this. They do a fantastic job. And that's one thing, talking to Bob Motzko yesterday, that he said, you know, we've hosted Super Bowls here. We've hosted Final Fours. We're going to host the Frozen Four here. They really do a good job with big events here in the Twin Cities. Now, this is something on the scale that I don't think we've seen before. It's going to be 10 teams. It's going to be 29 games. It's over the course of a couple weeks. And, you know, they said you won't be able to fathom the number of Canadians, the number of Europeans that come to town, fill the hotel rooms, fill the bars and restaurants, cheer for their teams, wearing their team oh. colors and all that. And, and Motsko's great line is, we're going to welcome them. We're going to be super hospitable unless we're playing Canada. <laughs> Exactly. Well, and we get plenty of Canadians in when the Winnipeg Jets are in town or the Toronto Blue Jays, that's for sure. Uh, Absolutely. They they certainly make their trip to the Twin Cities, and uh, we're we're happy to have them spend uh, their their money here. Uh, Jess, uh, College Hockey News, Golden Gopher women back at it, playing UConn, wrapping up a weekend series. And then, as you pointed out, the men, an unusual Sunday-Monday series with an old friend, Colorado College, over at the U. And, you know, I, I, I made the rant before, the old WCHA, you know, come out, come out and see what it used to be like. But Colorado College is an interesting case. You know, they were kind of resurgent under Don Lucia from all the, under all those years before he came here to the U of M. Their coach now is a guy named Chris Mayotte, who's pretty young, but he was an assistant coach for Bob Motzko the two times Bob coached the World Junior Team in 2017 and 2018. So they've known each other for a long time. And Colorado College's last two games, they went into North Dakota and they swept a series there, which is tough for anybody to do. So this is not a pushover. It's kind of fun that they scheduled it for the Sunday-Monday just because the simple fact that they knew that they would have guys playing at the World Junior Tournament. They wanted to have them back on the roster because these are big games as far as the pairwise ranking goes. Well, and Jazz Pia, it looks like to go for women will get a sweep of UConn. They lead it 3-1, to one, uh, and that one may have just gone final over at Ritter Arena. Well, Jess, uh, enjoy the third period of this professional women's hockey league home opener, Minnesota and Montreal. Uh, Minnesota goes to the third with the 1-0 lead. All right. Good to talk to you, Steve. All right. There he is, Jess Myers from the rink live. Joining us here on News Talk E3OWCCO. Quick break. We'll update that weather. Uh, we will get some snow here in the Twin Cities. It doesn't look like it'll be much. It's gradually creeping in. Uh, from the West, and then we'll heat up the hot stove. Bob Nightingale, Odyssey MLB Insider. We'll talk free agency, trades, a Hall of Fame ballot, and more. We're in January, and the countdown to spring training is underway. We'll get into that with Bob here on News Talk, E3O-WCCO. It's always fun to heat up a hot stove, especially when there's a little snow on the ground and the weather's getting colder. Countdown to the Twins Winter Caravan and Twins Fest at Target Field at the end of the month. Hard to believe, but Twins Fest is coming up on the 27th, Saturday the 27th at Target Field. We'll have uh, coverage all day that day here on the home of the Twins. And right now we're going to talk MLB with Odyssey MLB Insider Bob Nightingale, Insider Calls, presented by Health Markets. Shop for your health insurance your way. Bob, good to visit with you. Happy New Year. Yeah, you too, Steve. So yeah, I think Bob, the, uh, it's colder. The hot stove league is colder than the uh, Twin Cities. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no doubt. We haven't had much winter so far, but it looks like things are going to change later in the week with much colder temps in these parts. Uh, Bob, a lot of ground to cover right now. Let's start. Maybe the biggest story uh, fans are waiting for, who will get the call to the Hall of Fame in Cooperstown this summer? Well, uh, Adrian Beltre is a slam dunk. Uh, I think uh, yeah, Todd Halton gets in. I think this is a six-year in the ballot. I think Mauer gets in. I think it'll be close, a uh, lot, lot, lot by, uh, lot like Scott Roller last year. But, you know, just judging from uh, the polls and everything else, it, it's certainly favorable for him. He, he needs to be over 80% on the public polls to get in. And right now, I think he's trending at, what, 81 or 82. Yeah, and uh, Bob, I want to get your thoughts about that because Lavelle Neal III, I, I know you know Lavelle well, uh, wrote a column about it in the Star Tribune and said, I don't want to share my ballot. I don't want to steal thunder from the Hall of Fame and, and the balloting and letting them make the announcement. I know some writers share their ballot and post those online, and I guess that's their prerogative. But, you know, your, your thoughts on just kind of waiting until the announcement. No, I agree with Lavelle. It takes away so much. It's like a, uh, you know, last year the only question was whether uh, Roland would make it or not. He was on the bubble. And I think the only question this year, will Bobby Maurer uh, on the bubble or not? You know, will the other two guys, you know, be in and nobody else? So I think it takes a lot away from it. I know the Hall of Fame seems to like it because, you know, more people talk about the Hall of Fame. Uh, you know, like we just had the Veterans Committee. Yeah, that was pretty cool. We had no idea who was going to get in. You know, it was a, uh, you know, Jim Leland. Uh, but, yeah, we don't share our ballots on MVP or Cy Young. So, you know, why are we doing it now? But I, I, I agree with LaBelle. I think it takes away a, a lot of suspense. Yeah, I, I, I thought it was really a good piece, and, and I'm, I'm comfortable waiting. And, and about Joe Maurer and your thoughts on Joe as a player, in his run as a catcher, uh, he was in very rare air. We kn- we know what happened with the injuries and the move down to first base and then his ultimate retirement from the game. But in his run as a catcher, he, he was putting up unheard of numbers. He was. It just you know, stopped short. And they, uh, you know, when, you, when they moved to the uh, outside, to the outside the Metrodome there to target field, you know, he wasn't the same guy, you know, first baseman. You know, you know, way below average. You, know, you don't want a first baseman to hit six home runs a year and drive in 40, 50 runs. Uh, but for those, you know, for those peak five, six years, he was outstanding. But, you know, you can say that about Johan Santana, too. He was unbelievable for a short period. Uh, you know, Brett Sabrick and on and on. So it'll be interesting. You know, Pedro Rodriguez barely got in, you know, maybe with the steroid suspicions. But, you know, he should have, you know, been a slam dunk and he barely made it. And Mike Piazza didn't make it till his fourth ballot, so uh, it would you know be pretty huge for Maurer to make it in, in his first bout, particularly with such a short span as a catcher. Now, before we get into player movement at center, I want to bring up another big one uh, around the game, and that that includes the Twins and other clubs, uh, and, and that is television deals going forward. Uh, television for Major League Baseball is in flux. We know that the Minnesota Wild or the NHL made an agreement. Games are going to be on Valley Sports North through the end of the season, but there's still a lot going on on the TV side and a huge source of revenue for many of these clubs. Yeah, the big court date next week decide what's going to happen. 
the Texas Rangers seem they think they're going to get their money in like ninety million dollars. Uh, you know, when MLB took over last year, they were guaranteeing eighty percent of the revenue. They're not doing that this year. You know, obviously you can get some back in advertising and stuff. You know, whether it's fifty cents a dollar, sixty cents a dollar, something like that. But uh, yeah, it, it has you know a few teams pausing like the Rangers. Uh, you know, they've spent so much money in the past. I think they're going to get back Jordan Montgomery, but they're kind of waiting until Montgomery. Hold on a minute. We're going to have this court case next week. Then we'll decide for sure. You know, whether we can afford you. Yeah, and uh, certainly the, the Twins as they try and get their situation with television locked down. Um, just, just a lot of moving parts. Of course, the Padres, the first domino to fall last season where they had their television taken over by Major League Baseball. And and you would think ultimately MLB would love to control television and more equitably spread the TV money around, but uh, that, that, that could be a long way down the road, Bob. No, it could be. I mean, they did that with the MLB.com, uh, you know, the Internet. They were able to uh, share that. Uh, but, yeah, I think they would they would love to share that sort of thing. You know, because here's here's a team like the Dodgers. You know, they signed their cable deal for $8.3 billion. And, uh, you know, like you said, here's the Padres in the same division. You know, they don't have one. Uh, Arizona Diamondbacks, the same division. They don't have one. Uh, Colorado, uh, I think, just reached an agreement, but they're not going to get as much money. So it's such a huge disparity in, in, in yeah. TV money. So, you know, what you feel bad, too, is the uh, the broadcasters and analysts, that sort of thing, because, you know, those pregame and postgame shows get shortened about 15 minutes. People don't travel. You know, people lost their jobs. Yeah, for sure. Bob Nightingale, Auto CMLB Insider, joining us here on News Talk, A3OWCCO. Uh, Bob, player movement you brought up the dodgers and their big tv deal and they were they were big spenders uh they dropped a billion dollars basically on two players so far this off season uh, getting otani and the japanese pitcher to come over uh huge they they sell out the ballpark they have uh television uh a huge television deal i mean they they've got the money to spend yeah i mean they're still trying to spend some more whether they get another outfielder uh, which, which they need, you know, maybe get a, uh, a closer like a Josh Hader. But, yeah, I mean, Otani is a different story. You know, the uh, he's going to make that team about $45, 50000000 million a year off the field uh, with licensing and everything else. And there's no one like him. He's just such a draw. Uh, you know, no, nobody even close in baseball. So uh, I think that's why so many teams are involved in Otani. You know, you're going to get your money back. I thought it was a very smart business deal on the Dodgers, particularly the fact is, you know, deferring 680 to 700 million. So this guy's only making, you know, $2 million a year for the next 10 years. Yeah. Crazy, crazy deal. Uh, you, you were reporting on uh, a signing or, or player movement and that's Chris sale to Atlanta. It looks like uh, Atlanta got a pretty good deal on a pretty good pitcher in Chris sale with the Red Sox picking up a big chunk of that money. Yeah, I like to do a lot, and they turn around and sign to an extension. So instead of one year of control, they pretty much have three years of control now. Uh, sign for two years at $38 million. Uh, you know, the Red Sox are kicking in $17 million of that. So you get the guy for you know two years at 21. I'll take two years at 21 with Chris Sale, but just when he's healthy, you know, he's a dominant, dominant pitcher. Uh, you know, certainly uh, one of the elite pitchers in the game. 
So now he's had a full off season and everything else. You know, I, I, I love to trade for Atlanta. You know, trade away, uh, uh, you know, a nice, nice young infielder, but they had no room for him. There was no spot for him on the team. Yeah, and, and getting someone like Chris Sale in the rotation, certainly a big deal for Atlanta as they reload. And talk about a team. They they moved out to the suburbs, Cobb County, that ballpark, the development around it. I mean, the, the, the Braves have really become a premier franchise with that move to the suburbs. No, absolutely. You know, when they, uh, the last day, and there's just nothing around it. There was a little restaurant close by, and that was it. This place is a gold mine. This is the most fun atmosphere outside a ballpark in all of baseball by far. Even when they're not playing games, uh, people are hanging out in, in that area called the Battery. So and they're building more more shops, more restaurants, hotels. Uh, it's a fun place to be. I've stayed there for uh, for games. I mean, it's just an electric atmosphere. People talk about Wrigley, but it makes Wrigley look like a little uh, you know kindergarten class <laughs> compared compared to what's going on there. It's, it's a fun place. Yeah, and you would think uh, other clubs are keeping an eye on that for future ballpark uh, ideas. Uh, Bob, uh, the Wander Franco story, certainly disturbing, and there's been a lot of reporting on that, and that is a story off the field worth keeping an eye on. Yeah, I mean, here's a guy, you know, signed a hernia $2 million contract a couple of years ago. You know, you know he was only sitting on top of the world. Now it's come crashing down on him. Uh, you know, right now he's free off bail. I can't see him playing again this year. Uh, if those charges are true, we'll never see him play again, not, not in this country. So, uh, yeah, it's a, uh, sad to see what's going on. We saw that a few years ago with the Pittsburgh Pirates, closer Vasquez. We spent four years in prison, and then it was you know, shipped back uh, shipped back home. Uh, you, know, you wonder what's going to happen here, what's true, what's not. But if these uh, allegations are remotely true, you know, remotely close to being true, you know, we're not going to see this guy again. Yeah. Um, Bob, a couple other items before we let you go. As we get through the holidays now, we expect things to heat up. Um, there, there, there's still plenty of free agents, still plenty of deals to be made. What, what's at the top of your list? What are you keeping an eye on? Well, certainly the, uh, you know, the, the top two guys are really by top four guys are controlled by Scott Boris, the agent. Uh, but you know, Cody Bellinger, everybody's kind of backing off on Bellinger. They're not sure whether last year was a fluke or not. So I think it's going to fall right into the Cubs' laps. I applaud the price they want. Another guy is Blake Snell. You know, he, he's uh, only pitched in the eighth inning, I want to say, three or five times in his career. Uh, only went past six innings three times last year. And, uh, you know, he's a little older. And, you know, he's pitched at two small market places. So people not sure how he can handle, you know, pitching in a big market. So uh, I knew he's asking for $200 million. Uh, no one's come up with that yet. Same with Bellinger's acting for over 200. And uh, Josh Hader is asking for a you know, record. He wants uh, for a closer. Uh, he wants uh, about $105 million over five years. And no one's come close to you know, uh, getting him an offer like that either. Yeah. Would you say beyond the big signings by the Dodgers that, that it's been unusually slow? Do you expect things? Do you expect business to pick up? Because uh, in a hurry, we're going to be counting down to pitchers and catchers reporting in Florida and Arizona. Yeah, I mean, it's got to start picking up here. I mean, spring training, yeah. five weeks away. You know, the thing is, too, on the human side, 
hey, these players' families want to know where they're going to be. You know, hey, where yeah. are we spending the summer? Where are we going to school? How about spring training? That that sort of thing. But sometimes, uh, especially with, with some of your Boris clients, you know, they'll go deep. Uh, I mean, Bryce Harper was spring training signing. Uh, you know, Korea the first time was a spring training signing. So, you know, we may be into the first week of spring uh, before some of these guys go down. Well, Bob, it's always good to visit with you. Uh, Happy New Year, and hopefully we can do it again. All right, look forward to it. Thank you, Steve. All right, there he is, Bob Nightingale, uh, joining us, Odyssey MLB Insider, Insider Calls presented by Health Markets. Shop for your health insurance your way. Quick break, we'll come back. College football, the championship game is set. Michigan, the Big Ten, future Big Ten school, Washington, they go at it. And we'll get into that with Jonathan Lowe. We have all the news at 5 here at News Talk. A3-O-W-C-C-O. The college football playoff national championship game is Monday night. It'll be number two Washington against number one Michigan at NRG Stadium in Houston, Texas. More on that, uh, the FCS uh, championship game tomorrow, Montana and South Dakota State. Jonathan, I want to start there. Why are they putting this game up against the final Sunday in the NFL? Why aren't they playing the game today? I was actually stunned when I know I forgot that I I figured a couple weeks ago that it was going to be today. And then I saw ESPN. They have their little graphic where they show their weekend lineup and they show the two games today, which one of them is happening right now. And then they showed the game tomorrow, the FCS title game tomorrow. And I thought, whoa, that's on a Sunday. Wow. And and like I say, you kind of go up and down the dial, um, you know, on, on over-the-air sports. I mean, you, you got some college hoops. You, you've got golf out in Hawaii, Kapalua, the, the century, uh, the annual tournament of champions out there at Kapalua. So golf fans have some live golf. But but the point being is, I, I don't know why you would schedule this game on a Sunday head-to-head with the NFL. It seems crazy. I figured that they they have I believe both of the NFL games today on ABC. You figured it would be a great lead-in to have yeah. the the FCS title game maybe at noon Central Time, and then the football game for uh, Baltimore and Pittsburgh, which is underway. That would get underway at three thirty, which it did. Right. And I know that they they had a pregame show and everything, but I figured that would be a great lead-in to the pro games today and tonight. I, I, I completely agree. So so anyway, South Dakota State tries to win their second straight title, and they will take on Montana down in Frisco, Texas. All right, on to the main event Monday night. Number two, Washington, led by Kalen DeBoer, Milbank, South Dakota, Sioux Falls College wide receiver, taking on Jim Harbaugh, number one Michigan, at NRG Stadium in Houston on Monday night. I'm going to just flat out say it up front. I want the Huskies to win. I called DeBoer's games in college uh, when he was at Sioux Falls College way back in the day in the mid-90s. I left in 97. 
He left in 98 and went on to a, a college coaching career, went to work for his old coach, Bob Young, at uh, what has become the University of Sioux Falls, and then uh, has just climbed the ladder and now has his team on the brink of a championship. It's amazing what um, Washington has done under Kalen DeBoer. They had a, a really successful coach in Chris Peterson that came from Boise State, Yep. And he couldn't. He he got the Huskies to the playoff. That was uh, the last time Washington had been in major contention for a national championship. Was uh, I think it was twenty sixteen or twenty seventeen? They got to the playoff, then just got drubbed, I believe, by Alabama. And now you see this team come through with a guy like Michael Penix Jr., who Big Ten fans will know. He played at Indiana. He started his career at Indiana. And now he's out there in Seattle doing his thing. And the passes that he's been throwing, the passes that he completed against Texas, the passes that he's completed in his games against Oregon, it's not just wide open five yards and and these guys are gone. He's thrown some very contested passes that have been completed in perfect positions, perfect spots. And so it'll be amazing to see what he does. It'll be really interesting to see what he does against Michigan's defense. It's the old tried and true. Great offense for Washington, fast receivers, elite speed versus elite defense for Michigan that's been there the last three or four years. It'll be a great matchup to see on that side of the ball. Yeah. Um, And, you know, just – kind of going back to all the controversies surrounding Michigan, um, both came, came off thrilling wins in the semifinals. So uh, hopefully it's a great championship game. Once again, I want Washington to win. But ironically, th- these two clubs are going to both be in the Big Ten going forward. The Big Ten's got to be thrilled about that. Yeah, it was, it, it was amazing that the way this ended up, in the in the semifinals, it was an SEC team, a Big Ten team, a future SEC team, and right. a future Big Ten team. Yeah. As as soon as August, you know, as soon as September of this year, and so you could have had Texas Alabama again, which is a future SEC matchup as of next year. But you got Michigan and Washington, a future Big Ten matchup as of next year and they are on the schedule to play each other this coming season yeah and the 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 one thing that that stands out to me and quick thought one reason michigan can win the football game i i I think they play outstanding defense and that could be a huge factor in this yeah and and their washington's defense is not stout Michigan's yeah. run game should have a bit be a big factor in this game. So if Michigan can hold on to the ball, if they can take time control of this game, that could be a factor as well, limiting Washington's possessions as we look at their offense going on Monday night. That is Monday night, the championship game. Look forward to it. We're going to take a break. We have all the news, all the weather coming up at 5. And then Mike Hansen from the Department of of Public Safety, Office of Traffic Safety, Rules of the Road, Winter Driving Rules, etc. It's all on the way. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. 
Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.